Okay, so we're recording. Thanks, Margo, for taking the time to join Newport Interactive Marketing and the Marketing Insights, uh, Interactive Marketing Insights podcast. We've taken a little bit of a hiatus um, because of Corona and COVID-19 and, uh, you know, just getting back into the swing of things. But I'm really excited. Great to be Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one great thing about programming NIM is we had talked, what was it, like in November maybe? It was definitely last fall about doing this talk. And I'm pretty excited because the talks that we've had so far for April and now May are so needed now. And we had no, obviously had no idea when we first spoke about delegating and, and productivity and all your specialty and expertise um, that how important it is right now. And I just think uh, that's, it's pretty, pretty fun and exciting. I think anytime that you're in a crisis, what was things that may have bothered you or may have caused a little bit of pain certainly show up in a very acute way. So as we kind of go through this, it might be showing up a little bit more than usual for some people. Right. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and I think too, that, um, at least for me personally, just coming through the overwhelm and the the shock and adjustment adjustment period, I think I I feel like I'm coming out of that finally. Um, I was in, and, and I think I mentioned this to you before, but I was exposed on February 29th, and uh, within two weeks, I was in quarantine for a week that was mandated by the state. So I feel like I, I almost got a little bit of a jump on everybody else in terms of what what life is now like, you know, because I spent I spent a week on the third floor of my house and didn't have any contact with my family members, which you know was fine and all good. Like I would have rather been safe. Luckily, um, I tested negative and that was all great. Um, but just I think overcoming the I'm now homeschooling there's so much going on there's the media there's grocery shopping everything now just seems to take a lot more time and consideration so I think that's why your talk at Newport's Interactive Marketing is really needed now more so than ever um, and what we try to do here on the podcast is just to give a little bit of a preview um, and something that might be a little less technical than maybe what the NIM presentation is that has slides and uh, action sheets and a lot of actionable takeaways. This is really more of a conversation um, that is adaptable to a lot of different circumstances. And if anyone is uh, tuning in to this now, they're welcome to join us on the podcast, which will be on Thursday. I mean, on the for the NIM talk, which is on Zoom on Thursday the 8th or is it the 7th um, at 7 p.m. and they can join us live or if you'd like to become a supporting member of Newport Interactive Marketing uh, the membership is $99 a year and it gives you full access to our presentation library and we have about 30 great presentations anywhere from DIY or PR to um, rebranding in this new era, to local SEO, to now discussing delegation and productivity with you. So I'm looking forward to really taking a deep dive 
and uh, myself being able to take away some key tips and tactics and strategies. Um, but I think today we should probably start off with your journey into this great realm of productivity and, um, and delegation and how important that is. So if you could tell us a little bit more about you and your background, that would be fantastic. Sure. So I've been in the organizing industry for about 17 years. And so it's a long journey. It started out with a friend. I, I loved organizing and productivity as kind of a hobby and reading books. And a friend came to me one day desperate saying, please help me. I don't know what to do. And so I helped him and so many people saw a change in him. They're like, where did you get that? I want that <laughs> in my business. It just was a love of mine to begin with. And I'm so grateful to have shared this um, with all of my clients and, and colleagues. And I look forward to sharing tips with you today. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Now, typically what are your clients like? I mean, you, you help solopreneurs, uh, business owners. What does a typical client look like? So I have two typical clients. One is a client who's really kind of disorganized. They don't have it together. They know they don't have it together and they find themselves scrambling all the time. And they just need some tools and techniques to really move into a space where they feel like they've got it. Mm -hmm. And then there's clients that I work with who are really high achievers. These are people who, when they set goals, they maximize them 110%. They are um, usually C-level executives, people working in leadership roles, who are really looking to work better, more effectively. And what does that look like for them? Um, mm -hmm. I have a client who, yes, he was a high achiever, but he kept saying to me, I can't get home to put my daughter to bed. And really, I just want to be there for my family. And a big mm -hmm. win for him was not that he had you know, handled all of his emails. It was that he made it home by six to have dinner with his wife. Mm -hmm. And he was able to take his child, read her a bedtime story, and put her to sleep. Right. So that, yeah. those are the stories that, that motivate me to keep doing more of this work. Because I know that it goes beyond email management and time management. It really mm -hmm. impacts the people's family lives and even the community. I work right. with people who we clear stuff off their plates and then they can go on to work on a board and volunteer and mm. that changes everything. Yeah, and I think that I find myself probably guilty <laughs> on both accounts. Uh, you know, that I feel like I'm disorganized, but I also somehow get a lot of things done. And uh, there's always room for improvement. Absolutely. And I think during this time right now is the time to give mm -hmm. other businesses yeah. our grace and goodwill. That we all had to shift and pivot and change so quickly. What I'm noticing is, although we're giving grace and goodwill to others, we may not be giving it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So making sure that you're gentle with yourself we, uh, you know, people are saying, I'm working remotely or I'm working from home. I can tell you working from home is a whole lot more fun when you're not in quarantine. <laughs> what I've been telling people is that you are working at home during a crisis. You are trying to work right. and, and managing that. You talked about feeling the overwhelm and stress. When we're feeling overwhelmed and stressed, our executive functioning shuts down. Mm -hmm. So 
the things that we're able to do, strategic planning, good decision making, that falls to the wayside while our brains are scrambling just to survive. So if we can find ways that we can stay calm, stay connected, then we can start building on our work and and start working on more executive functioning level activity. Yeah, I think that that's really important. And just to remember that these are biological responses, right? Like you may not have a lion chasing you down, but you do have a pandemic at the door, you know, seemingly clawing at the door. And so that's really uh, important to remember, like you said, as as you're trying to make decisions to move forward, it's it's very challenging. Yes, and people are losing sleep. That's another cornerstone of productivity. If you're not getting enough sleep, then you don't have your body and brain replenished for the next day. Mm-hmm. We've had sleepless nights. Mm-hmm. One person that I haven't talked to who said who has said I've made it through. And if you've been out, if you're out there and you have had sleep uh, a sleep full night please give me help because, because we're uh, struggling with that. You know, I've had family members on the front line. Um, I've had friends who are sick. I've had friends who have had people pass in their lives. Yeah. Um, and so we just need to take care of ourselves. The self-care we need of sleep, healthy eating, exercise to start our days and replenish ourselves. Yeah. That's true. Um, I was falling into a bad habit of because I'm homeschooling during the day that my work day really starts at 3.30 in the afternoon. And so I'm frequently going to bed at three o'clock in the morning and then I'm up, you know, five hours later. So my husband go to work and then I'm back to homeschooling. And uh, last night I really just hit the wall. So I went to bed at one, (laughs) but it's just, it's hard to adjust, right? You just have to adjust. Sure. And just knowing that when you've had about four to six hours sleep, that that is sleep deprivation. Right. Pretty much 90% of the population needs about seven to eight hours sleep or more. Mm-hmm. When you're going into your work day, knowing that you've had four, five, six hours, just know that you're not going to have a great day. They've done studies where they've taken a group of people and given Given them, given them about four hours sleep and they've taken another group of people and given them shots of tequila and guess who does better at rogue tasks and work? You really? Know, drunk. <laughs> <laughs> when we're sleep deprived, we're, we're, it's like we're going to work drunk and even worse than that. Yeah. We do the activities that we need to do because our brains aren't replenished mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. rested. Well, back in my, in my journalism days, this is actually before I, I worked at the Boston Globe, I worked the overnight and I physically could not stay awake all night. It was, it was literally impossible. I would go into the bathroom and do jumping jacks when I started to fall asleep at my desk. And my, my boss, who now is a really good friend, loves to kind of, you know, he's given me a hard time a few times because I would just like practically break down. But like, you know, almost everybody takes a nap at their desk in the middle of the night. I'm like, really? Okay. But I was I was a mess. I had mood disorders. It was really, really challenging. And um, yeah, it was very common that people in the newsroom who worked that shift would get into car accidents um, on their way home because they would fall asleep at the wheel or just lack of sleep. You know, just that sleep deparation piece that working the overnight not 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 very many people can do that. But I think that's important. 
car accidents. They've known that um, health, like diabetes, heart disease, also increases when you're sleep deprived. And those are the bigger issues. Mm -hmm. We're going into work sleep deprived. What we're finding is that we just have a loss of concentration. We can't really, we're not, we don't get in that groove. It doesn't feel right. right. And so why push through the day when right. all you need to do is just rest? Right. Yeah, yeah. And what are some of your favorite um, resting, like getting you in the mood or transitioning from work into, you know, trying to get ready for bed? I mean, obviously, turning your phone off was a big one. But are there any that, that you know of that aren't really that talked about? So decreasing screen time. The screen that's emitted from iPads, computers, actually tells your brain that it's sunlight. So your brain perceives it as sunlight. So your brain thinks it's daytime. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna stay awake. So moving away from any kind of screens about an hour, two hours before you need to sleep mm -hmm. and then creating a really good sleep hygiene. So making sure you're hydrated, um, getting into you know pajamas, making yourself, you know, telling your brain, this is the time to relax. Another thing is don't bring electronics into the bedroom. Mm -hmm. You know, as some people will say, well, I have to have my phone because I use it as an alarm. There's other pieces of technology. Or, <laughs> or non-technology. <laughs> just get a clock, right? Yeah, yes. So keeping that out of the bedroom and and just getting yourself to a place where you're rested and relaxed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's interesting because my daughter, who's seven, is fascinated by clocks. My mom will bring a little travel alarm clock, like old-fashioned, and, and Elise says it's like the best thing ever. She wants to sleep with it in her room, and I'm oh, it's so noisy, right? I, I, yeah, it's so interesting. And once I get to sleep, I sleep really well, but I tend to be light-sensitive and noise-sensitive just to transition into that, into that phase, but... I think the sleep hygiene and the, that shutdown procedure um, is really important. And I find for myself, sometimes I'll, I'll even say like, okay, shut down. Like I will literally say that to myself if I have a hard time falling asleep because it's just one more thing. And then my brain, you know, it's a trigger. My brain will be like, oh, okay, all right, we're done now. Stop thinking about things. But yeah. So what are some other things that you find uh, in this moment in history, this moment in time, what are some other tips or tricks um, in terms of productivity that we should really be utilizing? One of the things that I've noticed, um, I've had, I've been talking with colleagues and clients who have said, my day just seems longer. Mm -hmm. um, and I started doing some research and studies have shown that since since we've been in quarantine, our workday has increased by about three hours. We yeah. have we have integrated work into our into our home life in a way right. we didn't expect it. And mm -hmm. people are having a hard time shutting off, mm -hmm. turning it off. And and also in a crisis, we want to feel like we're thriving and succeeding. Mm -hmm. And so work becomes the default mode. We know that we can check things off and it feels good. And, and so we don't shut it down so that we can have that feeling. Right. So looking at what do you need to physically do in your space that is going to allow you to close out the day? Do you need to shut down your laptop? Um, I have an office light that's, that's on my desk. I make sure that that's shut off. 
there's mm -hmm. certain I do at my desk to let me know the day is done. What right. visual triggers do you need to create in your work uh, at your work desk that are going to allow you to say I am done? Yeah. A client who um, would put a tablecloth over her desk the, and cover everything so that she couldn't see the work. That is an amazing idea. And then I love that. She wouldn't. She couldn't get to her. Like if she yeah. wanted to her computer, she had to you know, get the tablecloth out. She and she also moved her chair. Mm -hmm. She couldn't readily sit down at her desk, and she couldn't mm -hmm. readily access her computer. Right. So things stopped her from just jumping right in because oh, I have a few minutes. Right. 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 Yeah. And I think too that. Um, Obviously, the phone is a is an easy workaround, right? But I find that at night, I well, previously, I was pretty good at not turning my laptop back on, you know, if I wanted to do a couple of quick things here and there. However, that's changed now that I have my new work hours. But I think uh, one of the ideas that I've heard about is to set a timer on your Wi-Fi. And um, I think actually, so I grabbed a timer out of the shed. And I think I'm actually going to use like a Christmas, you know, decoration timer you know, in between where I plug in my Wi-Fi router and then just, you know, do it that way. And then we're not sending signals to my house all night long too. So thinking about it, like that's, I have the equipment now to do it and I just need to do it to force myself to, to shut down. And the other thing too, that's interesting is the thought that if you actually give yourself less time, you'll be more productive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And do you have any, any particular tactics or strategies around that? Um, I love the Pomodoro method mm -hmm. for people who are working from home. So you set a timer for 25 minutes, then you take a, a three to five minute break. Then you set that timer for 25 minutes. You do four 25 minute sessions. Mm -hmm. You take a longer break mm -hmm. about that is when you are at home those three to five minute breaks can be a quick chore. Like I'm going to run right. to washer and unload it as much as yes. I can in the next five minutes, or I'm going to switch out the laundry, um, or I'm going to take a walk outside. Mm -hmm. Whatever it might be to step away from your computer, just get away from your desk and work, mm -hmm. and then jump back in for another 25 minutes. And if you choose tasks that you're, you're really tightening up, what you're doing within that 25 minutes, you can find yourself to be more motivated and productive. I also find, because I've worked from home, uh, I only recently started working from Innovate Newport uh, about six months ago. And I, what I liked about that was shutting the door on the mess, right? I got a lot less concerned about what the house looked like because if I was working from home, I would find it very distracting. Like, oh, I'm just going to straighten this up. I'm just going to do that. So that like three to five minutes would turn into an hour. Um, and then I would have a hard time focusing on, on work. Um, I mean, there's ways to overcome that. But I also found that um, it was nice to work on something for a discrete period of time, get up, switch laundry, and then I would still be thinking about that, right? And then sit back down and come at it with a different perspective. And it's just so interesting, you know, it's sort of what they talk about, like the shower effect, you know, and, and brainstorming and the ideation process that all these great ideas come to you when you least expect it. And I think that's one thing that is probably under talked or under popularized with Pomodoro 
is how great it can be at stepping away from the laptop and the process to reflect. And I've also found, you know, in my hobbies, let's say, um, like I, you know, I'm gardening, I'm doing my veggies, I'm way I'm months early, I'm months ahead this year, which is really exciting. Um, but that it's just giving me time to process, even though I'm not trying to specifically sort out a problem, but it's just ruminating back there. And I think that not giving yourself the opportunity to do that is really important. Um, you know, or that's something that everybody should try to do, right? If, if you need some type of motivation to do something like Pomodoro, that's it. Yes. And the shower effect that you're talking about is actually, so when you hop in the shower, your body starts to relax, but usually from the warm, warm water, but it's also a rote routine, mm -hmm. like gardening. Mm -hmm. You start to relax in the garden. It's a rote routine where you know, you're weeding or doing whatever. And then, and so because your body is relaxed and your brain is relaxed, it's not that overwhelming stress out, stressed out feeling. Mm -hmm. And the creative ideas come forward. That's the executive functioning. So mm -hmm. if you figure out what is it that if I'm feeling overwhelmed and stressed, what is it that's going to allow me to relax, mm -hmm. do that, mm -hmm. then you can jump back into work feeling more calm, relaxed, and able to make executive functioning decisions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, for myself, I'm a big list maker, you know, so like this is actually so every day and I put them on post-it notes. This is my Friday list. And, you know, there's the primary things, what I'm going to do at night, like what, what's for dinner, leftovers. And then th these are all like the people I should contact today. And, you know, usually on Monday, the list is long. And then, you know, if it's not as pressing, um, then sometimes it gets pushed forward. But I find that um, when I feel overwhelmed, I'll make a list, like a laundry list. And then what I'll do is go and do something that is concrete. Like you can actually see the results. I think that's one of the hard parts with doing digital marketing and, and big like thinking professions is that you don't actually see, there's no immediate gratification, right? Of like that's done. And it's interesting because I, I think it's partially genetic. My grandmother was obsessive about laundry Right, and I find that I actually like doing laundry, even though it sometimes seems like it's endless, but it's just like you take this big pile of clothes and there's a process. And at the end of the process, you get like a stack that's all nice and neat and put away. And, um, and, then, and then you work. Okay, we're getting bummed by the seven-year-old. Hi, I have to go, okay, sorry. Oh, in the, in the dining cabinet. Uh, Open up that cabinet right there. Sorry. Okay, so case in point. <laughs> the one right in front of you. Open it up. Sorry. So, um, so yeah, I think that, and then just feeling, and it's also um, the idea that, and I've read this in Getting Things Done, maybe, or one of those um, books that if you can conjure up something where you've been successful, then you can jump into the next layer. Um, look in the drawer, look in the drawer. Um, then you can, you know, you have something, that sense of accomplishment. And I find that, you know, when I'm struggling, 
that uh, it's like, okay, I'll go and I'll do laundry. And then that's like something visually you've accomplished, you've achieved. And then it kind of gives that little lift, even though it's certainly not anything glamorous, but it, it tricks your brain. Like a lot of this is really just how do you work with your biochemistry and the psychology to make it work, right? I mean, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yes, it's all it's all rooted in brain science. What's interesting is books like Getting Things Done and Stephen Covey's book, The um, Effective People. Yeah, Seven, yeah. Seven uh, Habits of Highly Effective People, yeah. Um, they Those came out 10, 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. What's interesting was brain science finally caught up and said, mm -hmm. this is really how our brains work. Yeah. So the science is a little bit behind, but every, you know, there's great studies that come out all the time that, that help us understand how we work in our work styles. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's super fascinating. And, you know, it's interesting because the, one of my side projects is I co-founded a Montessori school and it's the same thing. So Montessori methodology has been around for over a hundred years and now brain science is equipped to document why those methodologies work. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where um, it shouldn't really take science to prove it to us. Like there's like institutional wisdom and historical wisdom, but somehow, you know, in this day and age, I guess it's comforting to know like, oh, there's something, like I was saying something to a friend about why do all these bad things happen at once or something like that? It's a long time ago. And she's like, well, there's a reason why there's expressions like when it rains, it pours. And, you know, all these other expressions, when you think about it, like that wisdom um, of the humanity um, that's involved, I think is really fascinating. I think it's, it's super fun. I think now more than ever is the time that as business owners, we need to look at where is the good, where is the positive, mm -hmm there's a lot of negativity out there. There's a lot of bad things happening, but how can we tease out the good parts of this? I mean, what mm -hmm. I'm noticing is communities coming together to help each other, mm -hmm. businesses coming together to help each other. It's amazing to me to watch people come to me and support me that I can go out and support other people. It's mm -hmm. why I do speaking and I share these techniques so that people can have better days at work. No one mm -hmm. needs to struggle with a bad day at work or even a bad week. That's right. Plus hours of not feeling good. Yeah. Feel great. Right. right. It should come from your heart and feel amazing. And when it does, it's not work. Yeah, exactly. I know it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, Yes. Oh, okay. Elise is suggesting I go into her fort um, oh. to work. It's really nice under there. But it looks like a perfect podcasting studio. <laughs> yeah, it's all like cushioned in and it's wonderful. We should patent that. Could sound good lighting. Yeah, yeah. Flip over the, well, I don't know about the lighting. It looks pretty, looks like it could be a little cave-ish. But the, the audio is probably fantastic. Sure. Um, yeah, so I think what is super, or what I keep saying, like I was on a call with our, with our teachers at Ciro's Montessori, and I said, hey, you know what? We are going to make the best damn lemonade out of this. Like nobody chose this. Nobody wanted it. And fortunately, we are all safe. We're all healthy. You know, we don't 
have, um, you know, other than just dealing with it mentally, we don't really have any major adversity, um, fortunately. And not everyone is in that situation, you know, and that's where we are um, really trying hard to find ways that we can give back. Um, you know, one, one just side note is change.org has these petitions that go out and there's been a lot of petitions going out to support um, shopper, you know, professional shoppers and Amazon delivery and EPS. And so, and that's a no cost way that you can take a step to make sure that, um, you know, that they get health, health benefits or time off when sick and things like that. So just trying to be attentive to people who aren't in, you know, are in a little bit more dire straits. Um, so I think that that's a really good thing, but my approach to this is, okay, we have change upon us. There are challenges, but again, let's make the best damn lemonade that we possibly can and be proactive. And one of the things that I really, um, try to guide my life is proactive positivity, you know, like, and proactive and positive problem solving. Right. And there's such a great moment right now to, um, to live up to that opportunity. Like, yes, things are changing. You know, I currently, my clients are all on hiatus, uh, but that's giving me opportunities to work on other things and, and pivot my business and develop some training materials that are going to help so many businesses get off the ground. That's going to help a lot of B2B businesses adapt to um, not having any trade shows or in-person events, probably, you know, really for the next year. So how, you know, how can I use my skills? And I think one, one thing for people who are comfortable with digital and technology and online marketing is that our skills are going to be in such great demand. So how do we position ourselves and do our homework so that we can actually help more people. And this is where I think, um, you know, your talk is going to be super helpful because I think most, uh, you know, most people who are either micro agencies or they're solopreneurs or, you know, very small shops, right, we're going to see an influx very soon if we haven't already. I know some, some members at NIM are super busy either donating their services or, or seen an uptick in demand because all these businesses now need to adapt to online. But you know, how could we take this time to position ourselves to adapt through and work through the change? Because you know, six months, a year from now, things will, will be better but different. And what are some what are some thoughts that you have on you know some steps that that everyone or some things people should be thinking about now? Um, to position yourself for like six months or a year from now? So it's hard to say where we'll be in six months or a year. Mm -hmm. Be looking at where you want to position yourself. Mm -hmm. um, what work can you do now that is going to create the structure and the foundation for the work that you need to do in the future? So many of us have put off those little side projects like policies, procedures, things that would really help us. Mm -hmm. In growing our business, now is the time to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Cleaning up our contact management software, reaching out to colleagues that maybe we haven't talked to in a few years. Mm -hmm. it, it's unfortunate, but it also gives us the opportunity to call someone up that we haven't talked to in three years and say, mm -hmm. 
hey, it's been three years, but I need to know that you're okay. Right. You know, at what's going on for you? How can I help? And not so much and from like a business, how can I help? But just person to person. Yeah. Okay. Um, how can I be of service to you? Yeah, and I think I think it's been good that um, people are, uh, you know, friends who maybe have moved away, um, that maybe now there's a little more of a time. And, and also, you know, for business context, you know, they pop up on LinkedIn. Don't just like their their update, send them a direct message and be like, hey, you know, I was just thinking about you or, you know, those little tiny incremental things. And you never know where that's going to um, open up an opportunity um, you know, and then, you know, or, or it may not, you know, but to, just to kind of keep those connections open, I think that's going to be one of the challenges, right. That we're going to not be, you know, and so for NIM, for example, Newport Interactive Marketing, our events, at least for the rest of 2020 are going to be online and we've done enough online events in the past. So it's not a huge transition. Um, but you know, we're going to, I do miss, seeing people, you know, like, Hey, let's have a drink. Let's sit down after let's chat. You know, you kind of miss those opportunities that lead to follow on conversations that lead to all kinds of ideas um, and innovations. It's not just let's come and hear the talk. And, and one of the things that I had already planned for 2020 was, you know, this methodology of we do the podcast where we have a general conversation, introduce the topic, get everybody kind of thinking about it. And then when we come together now virtually, but when we come together in person, we really focus and drill down on what are the actionable insights? Like what does Margo have that can help my business? And then we have the tip sheet, right? Which is an interactive piece. And then we come back and we do the mastermind where you've, you've worked through the, the, you know, the think sheet or the tip sheet. And, and then you can come back and ask Margo, like, am I on the right track here? You know, and I think that having all these steps and the formulas there are going to allow everyone to be able to move their business forward as opposed to just consuming content for the sake of like, hey, I listened to that webinar and it was great. Um, so for example, I'm reading a book. Hey, Lise, can you hand me that book right there? Right there. Um, so I'm reading, I'm rereading this book thank you called designing your life that uh i had read maybe a year ago or so and i'm actually reading it to release <laughs> the highlights but you know there are questions in here so what i did was i just wrote on my post-it notes my answers to the questions and um and so taking the opportunity to really reflect and bring back what you are reading or ingesting or consuming and taking the, the time to apply that, to give you greater clarity. And the hope really is that through, you know, the nine um, times that we meet throughout the year with NIM, that you can look back and say, oh, I did this. This is what I did. This is the impact that I had. And to really focus on the actionable insights, which I think, um, you know, you have tons packed in to your talk, everything from, how, you know, what's, what makes sense in terms of delegating? Like what are some key areas where you could delegate, um, finding the right people to delegate to like what, what makes sense? You know, you obviously you have your strengths and, uh, and weaknesses, 
So how do you identify those in yourselves? How do you identify where your weaknesses, maybe other people's strengths, um, and, and getting the match going, um, understanding and having the scope of work mapped out in a way that makes sense, which I think that's an area that I could really use some help on, you know, and a lot of times when I'm thinking about these topics, um, you know, and really what we should drill down on, it's what do I need in my business? You know, what, how can I, and if this could help me, it probably could help other people. I may have been doing this for 10 years. And when I think about, oh, this, this sounds really interesting, or this would be really helpful. There's so many other people who are in the same boat that is really, um, it's been really fascinating. So I'm really looking forward to, um, to joining you again, and we'll have the video and the slides. And this is mostly an audio format um, that we upload to the podcast. And um, it's embedded into Angleson Insights website, but we have links to it from um, Newport Interactive Marketing also. But I think it's gonna be a great talk. And um, yeah, any, any parting thoughts or wisdom? I think as you look at what are the needs in my business and wanting to take it to the next level, also looking at what can you let go of? Some of those lower level tasks that you know that you could delegate out to other people. And even as a solopreneur, you may say, well, I don't have anyone to delegate to. That's not necessarily true. There's a whole community of people in NIM, uh, yep. cafe, all of the places we kind of run around. Yeah. Where there are people there who are experts in their field. So bookkeeping, mm -hmm. SEO, marketing, mm -hmm. all these different avenues that we can go down and let go of and then get to some higher level projects, ideas, things that are really going to move us forward when this all ends mm -hmm. and having that delegation plan in place to either execute now or execute when we get busier. Right. It's going to be extremely helpful in being able to grow your business, grow revenue. And actually what is going to be needed is to grow jobs, create jobs. Mm -hmm. And delegation allows for that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got to go. Thank you. All right. So on that note, just a second, I see it. Yes. Very silly. Um, yeah. So on that note, we'll be looking forward to, um, to digging in to those actionable insights um, next week. At, and if anyone wants to check out the newportinteractivemarketing.com website, go to events and uh, register there. And then we'll be sending out the link for the Zoom contact. Wonderful. I'm looking forward to it next week. It's going to be great. Yeah. Me too. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Margo. Okay. We'll talk to you soon.